As a reminder to all of our Empaths Without Borders listeners out there, Sarah and I are not mental health professionals. Although we're professional in other ways. <laughs> and this podcast is not meant to be clinical advice. Uh, this is just our own perspective and our own inner work that we have done. And we hope that you enjoy regardless. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Empaths Without Borders, the podcast where we make your problems our problems. I'm one of your hosts, Jensi. And I'm your other host, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Hello, Jensi. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm, <laughs> I did not get very much sleep last night. I couldn't go to sleep. Partially because we found out that we had a rat in our, in our apartment. Oh. And I couldn't. I couldn't like I was like oh my gosh what if it comes into my room and crawls into bed or do I have anything on the floor that it can get into and is it just hiding in there oh my gosh um just like you know know there were rats in Fort Collins yeah I don't even know how the f it got in like that's the thing I'm like where did it where did it come from and where did it go where did it come from cotton eye joe (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I truly like, I mean, I guess that we do have, like, we have a sliding glass door and I think that, well, that doesn't make sense though, because I was going to say like about a month and a half ago, um, that that door was accidentally left open all night, but it wouldn't have just been, we would have noticed signs of it before now. So I don't know how it got in. Um, but well they can get in pretty much any way they're very sneaky like that tiny little crack yeah we did also have really bad spider infestation at the beginning of this fall as well Mm. we probably had a we probably had a mama spider and she had tons of little babies and i think that's why we had because they were like all the same they were big spiders though um so I was also terrified to put my foot into anything in my house for a while because that was also scary basically the point of this conversation is that I (laughs) I just am I live in a state of constant anxiety (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing (laughs) which leads us to our topic of pot Toxic. I keep saying plastic toxicity. Toxic yeah, that, pos- positivity. That's a way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate Sarah trying to keep this podcast together while I try to keep myself together. Yes, um, it's what I do. It's what yeah. I do. <laughs> and I appreciate you for it. <laughs> so I really well. Let me back up a second. Last week, we talked about the imposter syndrome, which I had to laugh because right after we did that one, I did an interview about like boundaries and I was just like, speaking of imposter syndrome, it's like, here's what I've learned about boundaries. And I think I'm doing a terrible job. So I am not the expert in that. And then my whole week has been like, kind of feeling I don't know if I'd label it imposter syndrome, but definitely like these moments in time where I'm like totally crushing it and like doing these crazy impressive things. And then all of a sudden being like, who the hell do I think I am? Like, I don't know anything. And I am just like making all this up. Like, what am I even talking about? So it's been a good week of like, oh, yep, I'm feeling that definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't say a good week, but you know, my friend Dom always says there's successes and there's learning opportunities. Oh yeah. I mean, learning opportunities sometimes they're painful. Um 
they're not fun. And sometimes they require wine to get through. They do. But you're not drinking wine. (laughs) Drinking. I'm very proud of myself. And also like, why did I agree to this to myself? And now I'm in this weird position where I'm too stubborn to not finish this hundred days. But that's pretty much the only reason I'm doing it is because I'm just stubborn and I promised that I would. And so why are you like, I guess what's the, (laughs) well, and like, what's the like significance of like a hundred days versus like two months or. I don't know. I think I was just looking at some like challenges and I don't think there's anything special about a hundred days. Okay. But I think, you know, 30 days isn't enough to like really get past some of the deeper reasons, maybe like it's something you can do pretty easily without like, like, okay, that was great. And now I'm just going to go back to what I was doing. Well, and I guess, are you, did you decide to do the detox or the cleanse, whatever you want to call it? Did you decide to do it because you felt like you, um, were drinking too much or you, and you wanted to like cut back or do you feel like there was like negative side effects? I guess what's, what was the reason? Yeah, it was weird because I like, it's not like I ever drank in excess to where it was affecting my life or other people. Like it wasn't changing my mood dramatically or like I was making poor choices or anything, but it was kind of like becoming super habitual like, oh, it's five o'clock. Finally, I can have a drink and, and maybe two or three, which I don't think is necessarily an issue. But then I was kind of in that weird, like, is it because I want to and I don't want to not? Like, does that constitute an issue, even though it's not like affecting anything? And then I also knew that it was like becoming a, a big reward for getting through the day and also a hundred percent a coping mechanism to like, well, this will help me like not react to things. And also I noticed that I was like, I I know I've talked about struggling with fatigue a lot Mm -hmm. and alcohol gives you um, a GABA release. And so you feel like more, like it makes you sleepy, but it also like makes you feel better for a while. So I was really using it like almost medicating. Cause like by five, I was so exhausted. I'm like, if I drink some wine, then I'll like perk up. And I'm, I am like after, cause now I'm on day like 50 something. And I am starting to feel less tired. I don't know if it's related or not, but I don't feel like I have to, but I will sometimes still have to like, okay, I'm going to have coffee at four because I need something. So, but the good news is like instantly I realized I don't need it as a coping mechanism. Like it wasn't like protecting me, but at the same time, it wasn't really, it's not like I feel like, oh, I was super dysregulated when I was drinking. Mm, gotcha. So, okay. It's just that was an interesting experiment. And like, can I do it? And, and I would like to get to a place where I, it's just less frequent maybe, but not like every night, but also then not like you're holding out and then you drink a bunch and then you're like, okay, no, I'm not going to drink again. Like just a few nights a week or something. Gotcha. Okay. I guess I was just curious. That has nothing to do with the topic of today. Um, But I think that one thing that I've been trying to embrace more often is that the idea that you have to stay on topic or on task is something that is very ingrained in white supremacy culture. So by getting off topic, we're really being anti-racist. Oh, perfect. See, we're all doing our part, Dency. Maybe it's also because I'm neurodivergent, but you know, that, that 
yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's kind of a stretch, but I get what you're saying. I need like okay. What are we talking about today, Sarah? Toxic positivity and what it means. Ooh. What does it mean? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think it means, well, we get a lot of messages that we're supposed to just be grateful and see the silver lining and look on the bright side. And I think the trick is that those are all true things. However, there's a lot of nuance to it that it's not a platitude. And so people often, we twist the message of what being positive is because part of positivity is being able to like process your feelings. And so the trick of everything is that you're not ignoring feelings or what we consider we typically label negative feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to talk about the nuance of the difference between just looking on the bright side versus feeling so much gratitude that you can like the law of attraction, like we've talked about and what, what process you actually have to go through to get to that, that level of energy. Yeah. Well, and like, um just recently we were this is I'm tying it back into class and again I sometimes my my brain goes in ways that maybe you're not thinking of (laughs) or that you're like why is Jizzy talking about this it's gonna make sense um (laughs) you just trust me (laughs) um just trust (laughs) <laughs> leave me alone Sarah I only had like four hours of sleep I'm sorry um so we were talking about assessments and so um one of our professors gave us examples of assessments um to kind of talk about and one of them had to do it was basically like an assessment that was like rating how well you had um a sense of meaning in your life mm-hmm and it very much so was like implying that um if you maybe don't know what you want to do in your life that you were like inferior Mm. and um you know we were like kind of curious about where this assessment came from um turns out not only was it written by a professor that is at the school that I work at um but he's also a proponent of positive psychology Mm. have you ever heard of positive psychology no it's like it's it's basically like toxic pot pot like the whole the whole thing is like toxic positivity it's like well if you just focus on the good things in your life and the bad things are just gonna like they're just gonna go away right it's like you're just not focusing on the positives like just focus on the positives don't focus on the negatives (laughs) and so it's like I think that it's like it's one of those things that swung like because you know there's like very like Freudian psychodynamic where it's like everything's wrong with you and it all goes back to your parents right. <laughs> which i mean <laughs> maybe there's parts of that that are true <laughs> um and there's parts of like psycho positive psychology that are true too but i think that like toxic or that sorry that um positive psychology kind of swung way in the other direction mm. and it just like i think that what it does is it it doesn't it ignores the fact that there's some people who um have such intense feelings of like depression or sadness or anxiety or name any emotion um that they can't just like think think their way out of essentially or they can't like positive like out positive those feelings it's like well yeah like I'm I'm feeling really depressed and I just can't get out of bed to go to work every day and like toxic positivity would be like or not toxic like toxic psychology would be like well just think about it like if you go to work like you're just like gonna be able to like you know if you just get up and go to work like 
all your problems will be solved. Like, just get up and go to work. Like, I don't know why you're in bed. This is all just like in your head. Um, and so I, like, I don't necessarily like talk or I keep saying toxic. I don't necessarily like, um, positive psychology just because kind of because of that. It's just like, it's really narrow in focus. Um, and it, I think it kind of like, it, it's almost like tries to like gaslight people. And I think that toxic positivity is that as well. If you're just like, oh, like, don't feel like, don't look like, don't feel sad about this or like, oh, I know this like situation really sucks, but just look at the positives. It's like, I think you can also hold space for the fact that life sucks sometimes. Right. And the, like things can be dialectical. Things can have two, you can have like two feelings about a situation um, and that just looking at the positives of things um, or just trying to find the positives can be really detrimental because you're not like honestly growth comes from being uncomfortable or being in um spaces where you don't feel good because you're like oh I don't know if I want to feel like this anymore mm-hmm. right yeah I think it just took one piece of health and and like twisted it so like you were saying life has to be duality and so on one hand you know, if we flipped it over, you went, you really don't solve problems by just focusing on what's going wrong. Right. So if we talk just about negativity and this is why then people go to the other extreme is because if your life is nine tenths good and one tenth something terrible, People do have a tendency, it's human nature to focus on the negative piece of what's not going right. But then we dwell there, right? Like we're just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like I know my life's good, but this is the problem. Yeah. And it kind of leads to if this could just change, then my life would be better. Because it's human, we're wired to focus on the negatives because that's a survival technique. Because, you know, if you're a caveman and you have a pretty wife and kids, but a tiger's coming after you, you have to solve that problem, right? Wow, Sarah, I can't believe that you just like completely ignored all the gay cave people out there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was going to say, did I say the caveman <laughs> was a woman? That's true. Cave person. <laughs> um. um. So anyway, so then we take that and we're like, okay, yeah, that's not really helpful to like obsess about the negative. So there is a piece of truth in like the more we focus on actual good things in our lives, the more we call in because that's the law of attraction, right? However, the piece everybody misses is that in order to be able to really sit in gratitude and actual positive energy, we have to allow ourselves to feel not so positive things. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, otherwise it is just totally like, I'm burying my head in the sand. I know that this part of my life sucks, but I'm pretending it's not versus I know this my life is good. This part of my life sucks. I'm choosing to be super grateful for this part and feel all the feelings about this part. Yeah. And I'm going to like, I'll, I mean, I'll fully admit that I think, um, toxic positivity is something that I do often. (laughs) Okay. Or maybe I did often. I think that I've gotten a, a little bit more, um, I've had, I've, yeah, I guess I have a little bit more of that like dialectical thought pattern. Um, but I absolutely f- fell into this like toxic positivity trap a lot. Uh, and I honestly think like that this is, <laughs> I was like told like all growing up that, um, oh, you're just such a positive person all the time. Like you're just such a positive person. Um, or your positivity is infectious, stuff like that. And I mean, I appreciate those, I guess, compliments. And I think it like 
kind of tripped something in my brain that Mm -hmm. like kind of made that positivity um a personality trait (laughs) yeah well a couple things because chances are if you were overly positive because that was a coping mechanism because you couldn't like have the space to be negative because that was probably damaging exactly yeah that's very true then (laughs) then it gets reinforced like well then everyone who says like oh you're so positive every time is reinforcing that's how you need to be because that's what we like about you Mm -hmm. and for me it's so that's like your button (laughs) like so then anytime you're not feeling positive it's like a negative quality then right like yeah Jins, oh what's wrong with Jinsy? she's not being very because in your brain you probably equate it to like that's being a good person yeah 100 and like and like oh wow this is like getting it this is like maybe this is getting too deep for <laughs> this conversation but yeah like I think that that's absolutely what happened I think that um I there was like I equated uh being positive or just like kind of not rocking the boat or not having space for neg quote negative feelings or feelings that weren't like positivity or happiness um and uh, yeah I absolutely internalized them as being like a not okay thing to have mm-hmm. and um even like like you know recently I've been trying to kind of like have that like you know be like I am not like there's like things that upset me and I have been trying to like be like no 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 I'm gonna stay upset in this like moment and I don't <laughs> have to solve it or I don't have to like um like think myself out of it I was joking with Sarah before we started recording that um that uh as we've said on a podcast I think probably like one of our first podcasts on here I don't like to feel my emotions I would rather just think my way through them or like not feeling them. And that's like a a coping mechanism because if we can just analyze our feelings, we're identifying them, but we're not actually feeling them. And I know we talked a lot about that last season. Yeah. difference between like thinking about your feelings and that's where people get caught up because you're like, well, you haven't let yourself be angry. Yeah. And in your head, you're like, I've been thinking about my anger for two years now, but you've never let your body feel it. Which yeah. Is the, it's going to actually leave because if it stays up in your brain, it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But then you think you're just feeling angry all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I was gaslighting myself again, like right. th- thinking like, well, there's, why are you angry? There's not, there's not a reason for you to feel this angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My traps are like, um, I have to be patient and patient. Sarah, you're so patient and so calm all the time or so just forgiving that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so then it reinforces like, okay, if I ever do get angry, then I'm not being those things. And that's bad because I want people to think I'm a patient person. So if I finally lose my shit, then I'm not. So I can't ever do that because then I'm not being a gracious person to others. And I grew up kind of like with the belief that other people's emotions are more important than mine. So if they're feeling something, I have to adjust my feelings because if they're angry at me or or they're like no this is how it is I'm like I have to like okay I have to try to figure out how you're feeling and understand it which means I can't have my own feelings because I have to slip into understanding about you yeah and and not feeling those so and that's what being an empath is (laughs) I think 
slide into that a lot more easily because they're already feeling the vibration of the other person and taking it in. So then when that person's saying that, or like, or again, like you're just empathizing with that person so much that you're connecting more with them than yours. I like, I think that there's a really interesting thing that I've noticed. Um, and maybe, we, maybe we've talked about this before, not on the podcast, I don't think, but I think that it's really interesting because I think that there's, and maybe it's like a, I don't know, like a, a nature versus nurture type of thing. Maybe not nature versus nurture quite as much as what I'm, let me just say, I think that there is like a, like a tie between people who are empaths and people who um experience like or like got messages similar mm-hmm. to that when they were um growing up like i think that there's like a pretty strong connection actually between the two that yeah. like you if you this empathy empaths is that a learned behavior even yeah well and like is empath is empathy a learned behavior and this is why i have existential crises all the time sarah Empathy is definitely learned behavior, but it's necessary for relationship. Yeah. And so then because like the people who don't develop empathy. Yeah. Because they can't, you need to be able to do that. However, it has to be an equal relationship where both mm-hmm. people are doing that. The trouble is when one person can do it and the other can't or vice versa, then you have a totally unequal relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really interesting. Um, I, it just kind of, I don't know. It's just like, it's like, I get, I'm just, now I'm just spiraling. I should probably stop. Well, I'm just like spiraling into like this, like back to positivity. Yeah, go back. I'm just, I'm just over here spiraling in a existential crisis. I'm having, I'm buffering. <laughs> um, you know, I can think of examples of people I know that they're very passive and it's mistaken for toxic positivity in that they're so far into the, I'm only going to look at the good that they're actually in, ignoring so many red flags that they get themselves into situations where they, you know, shouldn't be in because it's like okay I'm supposed to only look at the good in people so you're just focusing so much on like this little piece and and then to the extent of ignoring a lot of signs that this isn't healthy yeah and that could be like oh look he's such a positive person but it's like I'm actually ignoring I don't. <laughs> that's what I want you to believe what I, what's actually happening is that I'm ignoring everything in my life maybe I, I still reality. maybe I still have a lot of toxic positivity uh <laughs> this is just continuing my spiral Sarah okay okay let me try something oh God, else. Oh God, oh God, oh God. I don't know maybe I'm just spiraling <laughs> but again it's a very nuanced skill to develop that when we talk about showing gratitude which I think then gets interpreted for being like oh you just have to look on the bright side like you can fully be living in gratitude for what's going well and be sitting in the feeling of like grief or sadness or fear or anger or frustration and you have to allow both of those things like yep I'm super upset about this and I see all the good around me yeah that's the difference between like because I think when I first kind of started my journey into inner work is what I'd like to call it like I signed up for AM with honor and one of my first questions to her was like, what's the difference between like, like one of the first exercises we had to start with was 
showing gratitude to yourself for showing up to do work. Mm. Like, thank you to myself for setting aside 10 minutes to focus on me. And that starts changing things. But at first I was, and sometimes I still kind of get caught up in this is like, what's the difference of being in gratitude versus burying your head in the sand and ignoring what's happening around you? Like, yeah. so then when I first heard that, I was like, well, I came here to solve some problems and you're telling me just to ignore it and be grateful. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what we're saying. But we have to start with this step because mm -hmm. then you can like open yourself up to receiving more. However, part of that is like getting really in tune with your feelings mm -hmm. in your body and like letting yourself feel them which is the big step most people miss. It's like, well, if I'm feeling negative and even I know we've talked about this a lot of even labeling those emotions as negative versus positive. Yeah, we have. Yeah. So anger is supposedly negative, but it's usually your body telling you that what's happening is not okay. Mm -hmm. And so if it's giving you that message, that's a hundred percent, that should be considered positive, right? Like it's trying to help you navigate a situation. Yeah. It's giving you information about the world and the situations that you're in. Right. And starting to like, because I used to fall into a trap where if I felt anger, negativity, resentment, I was trying to fix those feelings. Like, why am I so resentful? Why am I angry? That's not right. I need to just fix it because it's never okay to just be angry. But what I wasn't realizing was that was my body's way of saying like boundaries are being crossed. This isn't okay. Do something about it. And mm -hmm. I was just trying to like, okay, if I, if I feel my anger enough, I won't have to like, it'll go away and then everything will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also important to kind of, um, to realize that while well that this can like be true to different extents for people across the various relationships mm -hmm. in their lives so like it may be with family members that you struggle or like with a spouse or with a co-worker or a boss but then at the same time like only one of those things may be affected and the other one's may not if that makes sense mm -hmm. i don't know if that makes sense um yeah also sarah i have to do i have to take a really quick potty break can i go okay. potty really quick i'm so sorry okay. okay i'm gonna just pause and cut this out later okay, okay i'm gonna take a quick potty break i guess i also want to um kind of like differentiate toxic positivity from um I guess it's like adding to that I guess that nuance uh when it comes to toxic positivity it's you have like having a positive attitude kind of despite some of the facts or feel other feelings that you're having mm -hmm. like you're actively kind of pushing those to the side or um ignoring them or invalidating them if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, again, like when it comes to positive psychology, that's a big criticism um, because it does kind of distort reality. And it's like, I mean, everything's not, not like nothing's real and we're all living in a simulation basically. And so like, who's to say what feelings are real versus not real mm -hmm. or valid versus not valid. Um, and all of them are valid in that case. Right. Right. Yeah, it's a nuance of, so in my practice, we always start with celebrations first because it changes the vibration, even though then we go into problem solving mm -hmm. because it would be one thing. I think this is the difference is if you were doing inner work and the whole point was like, we're only going to talk about celebrations. Yeah. Okay. Class dismissed. Mm-hmm versus we're going to start by celebrating because it raises the vibrational energy <clears throat> and now what are you struggling with yeah 
And um, I think like, you know, when we deal with other people, another good difference in talking about this is like, when you, when someone's going through something and the toxic positive response would be, oh, don't worry. You know, this is all like we talked about last week. This is all happening for a reason. Or, oh, yeah. Um, you know, this is all gonna, you'll figure it out. Like, okay. So this is a great example. So if my daughter comes to me and she's really worried about an upcoming test, I think one way we do toxic positivity is like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm sure you'll do great. And so Instead of, because we're like, well, we can't join her in her anxiety of like, oh yeah, I mean, what if you don't, what if you fail? What if, yeah. oh my gosh, but what we, but by being like, we're really invalidating people. If we go to the positive, like, oh, I'm sure you'll do fine. Cause we're trying to be positive. The better thing is meeting them where they're feeling and like, yeah, it sounds like you're feeling really nervous about it. Mm-hmm. And you're neither trying to be positive or negative. Yeah. Because they need what people are typically seeking is validation of their feelings. Mm-hmm. And so by being overly positive, you're not helping them either. Yeah. Same thing if, you know, when you're holding the whole way you hold space for someone who's like in a grieving situation isn't like, uh, Okay, a perfect example is when someone miscarries. Mm. We like to be like, it's going to be fine. You'll get pregnant again. You know, this is normal, blah, blah, blah. Instead of this really sucks for you. And I'm sorry you're going through this. It's really sad. And you're not joining. It's not being negative. It's just talking about the feelings. Yeah. That's when we're toxically positive. It's like, well, this is, you know, it's all going to work out for good and you'll, you'll get pregnant again. And I don't know why you're so upset about this. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. I would punch somebody in the face. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) About that with the miscarriage world. It's like, because mostly people are uncomfortable. And so you want to think of a way to like, Oh, I can make her feel better by just trying, like helping her see the bright side. Yeah. Just meeting them where they're at and holding space. Like, yeah, I'm really sorry you lost your pregnancy. Yeah. That's a hard thing to go through. And if you can just do that without adding to, because I think we, it comes from a good place of like, well, first of all, I'm uncomfortable that you're sad and I don't like it. So I'm going to try to make you feel better. And you don't also want them to feel upset. And so we think like, if I can make them see something different, they might not be hurting as much, Mm. but we actually cause more pain that way. Yeah. But you also don't have to go into a negative story either. No. Well, and I don't understand why this happened to you. What's wrong? Maybe you're never going to, you know. Well, yeah. And I was going to say like on the flip side of that too, like um, it's, it's, I don't know. Cause like the, the flip side of toxic positivity is just quote unquote negativity, I guess. (laughs) Calling it something toxically negative is kind of. You can be toxically negative if like, we all know people who only focus like their life's always miserable yeah it's always to me toxic negativity is you know I know people who the grass it's like the grass is always greener on the other side no matter what's happening they're complaining about mm. this they're complaining about that they're upset if only I had a different job if only I, my boss was nicer if only my spouse did this if only And like, it affects their entire lives. Yeah. Because that's just as toxic. Yeah. And I think that just like, like a response to that, but it's equally harmful. They're two sides of the same coin. Well, I was thinking like toxically negative, like somebody who, 
I so I just I recently had to read this book for class which I actually really struggled reading it just in general it was like supposed to be a book about sizeism and fat phobia and it was it did cover that I will say I mean it did definitely Mm -hmm. cover that but it honestly felt more like um watching some like this person um had a very traumatic thing happen in their lives Mm. and purposefully gained weight to become invisible right and just reading the book and like not only just gain weight but also like engaged in a lot of really um emotionally abusive relationships um and just kind of the way that they were talking about themselves it was very like Mm self-loathing and reading that book was really difficult for me because I was like this is like watching somebody um inflict self-harm on themselves right like it felt like watching somebody like just like emotionally flay themselves out Mm -hmm. um and it felt like maybe even reading somebody's diary and being privy to somebody's process of um kind of like processing a traumatic event their traumatic Mm -hmm. event and it felt like very very weird and personal and like I should not be sitting in on it um (laughs) it it, like it like and just some of the things like I was just like oh my gosh like I felt so bad for this person and I was Mm -hmm. and I was like I feel like I, I feel like you still need to work through some things. Like, I don't know if I want to read this, but that's like that. That's what came to mind with like the toxic negativity. Um, mm. Cause there was no space for her to love herself and her body in that book. Right. It was all about how much she hated it and mm-hmm. um, how much she hated herself. And yeah, it was, it was rough. Yeah. And so in those cases where people are stuck in toxic negativity you do have to start to find the good things in your life because they do build on each other which also doesn't mean you're ignoring the negative mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if nine out of ten things in your life are great or nine out of ten things in your life are terrible we we can focus on some of the good without ignoring the bad. Yeah. And that's the way out is to, you know, you call it dial dialectic, dialectic thinking. I call it duality. Oh. <laughs> Same thing. Like you, the belief that you can hold two beliefs at one time because yeah. that's what life is. It's not black and white. There's always, I'm angry at someone and I love them. I, I'm sad and I can find joy. I'm love this house and I wish the heater worked better. Like whatever it is, like it doesn't mean because you're upset with one thing that the whole, you know, the baby out with the bathwater. Um, oh my God, I've totally done that. <laughs> Sorry. That was a baby out with the bathwater. That was a joke from Glee. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm still waking up. Um, it's being able to do both things, and some moments doing only one, but also knowing that you can be totally sitting in grief. And that's all you're feeling. And that's okay too. You don't have to be like, I'm really sad about this. And I know I'm supposed to feel grateful. Like you can just totally feel one feeling at a time without it mean, I guess that's the thing too, of like adding that story into meanings. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's like, you know, I, I try to always provide an example of a way that I um kind of have been working on some of these things Mm -hmm. and um I think that one of the things that I have been trying to do is to be more or I guess like be more curious and like listen more to 
what is going on for me and with other people, like mm-hmm. trying to catch that po- toxic positivity or toxic negativity in other people, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And like, just trying to like, I guess, um, look at things from different perspectives or try to consider things from different perspectives. So like, for example, we did some um, in class yesterday, we did some role plays as like a therapist and a client and um one person like their the client that came in was uh highly was like really anxious and was concerned that this therapist like that the 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 therapist was going to leave them because they had had two previous therapists that had left Mm -hmm. shortly after they just started therapy and um the my classmate that was like acting as a therapist was like well I'm not gonna leave you and so like I'm here and I'm gonna like earn your trust and I was like so I liked how you were like I'm here to earn your trust and I'm gonna like we'll figure out what that looks like like you can't promise that you're not gonna leave right like that's that's an that's not something that you are gonna have control over so like offering a promise of something that you maybe can't deliver on Mm -hmm. is that's toxically positive being like well all your other all your other therapists have left but I'm not gonna leave it's like you don't know what's gonna happen to you for for you in like two three weeks you don't know like we don't we don't know and it's kind of a little bit invalidating of like again just meeting the person in the feeling of like yeah like validating that experience yeah that sucked that I'm sorry that happened to you and it just feels crappy even if it didn't really mean like it doesn't necessarily mean it had to do with you but it still didn't feel good and I can totally understand your fears and then just leave it there yeah and be like and you know hopefully we can work together in this relationship to figure out what you need to trust and we can work through that, you know, like it's like, and yeah, like, and I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna promise you that I'm going to be there for you and I'm not going to leave because I don't know what the, what the future holds. Right. And I'm here right now and I can, um, you know, we can work on developing a relationship now. Um, and I think if you don't, address the feeling because so that would happen a lot of like relationships right so say you were married your spouse cheated on you you get remarried and you have a fear that this spouse is going to cheat on you right yeah and you'll never feel better if it's only like that that spouse like don't worry I'm not going to do that like that won't ever actually make you feel safe unless you've processed like the fear because when we rely on another person trying to reassure us it doesn't we rarely get that kind of validation unless we give it to ourselves kind of thing yeah because you don't you can't control the other person so even though they're saying that and might mean it you don't actually know if they can do that And so then you're going to always constantly still be worried, no matter how much that person reassures you, it's not going to happen. But if they're like, man, that really sucked. Like that must've been really, you okay? Sorry. I have, I had anxiety heartburn. Oh, I just have it sometimes now. Don't worry about it. I'm adjusting it. So it's just validating the feeling without trying to fix it. Yeah, 100%. And like, you know, working in residential, that was like one of the first things. Well, I guess not one of the first things. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes this was like a painful thing for people to learn. Um, One of the, one of the things that you do learn is that you can't promise, especially because like we're in such a position, like, I don't know, there's like, there's something too about like the power dynamics between um people who you're like, doing therapy for or in the therapeutic relationship with and you like there's like this like power dynamic where it's like they're putting a lot of trust in you yeah and if you are um 
if you say something, then they they're like, okay, yes, you said this. And I'm going to hold you to that because you're in the, you, you were like, you know better, or you have like more knowledge or understanding. And so like, you never, ever say to a kid in residential, like, oh, I promise it'll get better or next time is going to be different. Um, or, oh yeah, I'm not going to leave here. Cause like, you just don't know. You just don't know. Right. You yeah. And the, and the point of this is that, well, this is just triggering a different maybe I'm just not I'm not I'm just triggered I'm just like in these like existential spirals maybe I should stop while I'm ahead (laughs) seriously it's getting really bad Sarah my existential dread just despair and then it's so funny because every time every time somebody mentions it in class I'm like oh my god I feel so seen like existential dread um yeah well maybe this is a good place to wrap it up yeah yeah let's wrap it up there i'm gonna i need to have some food and maybe a nap before i have to go to work sounds good but um yeah sarah is there anything else you want to add no i think we covered it okay um yeah cool okay well if anybody has any questions or would like to just say hi you can just say hi to us too you can email us at empaths without borders at gmail.com that's empaths with an s at gmail.com and um, please make sure that you like subscribe rate share review and follow those are all of the, I think, verbs. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, yeah. And I hope to talk to you again next week, Sarah. All right. Sounds good. Take okay. care. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye.